So, good evening, everybody, and a warm welcome back to the Happy Hockey podcast. My name is Peter Thomas, and I'm the founder and, and head coach of Happy Hockey. Tonight, Thursday, the 18th of February, 2021. And my guest tonight is Alan Forster from Lewis Hockey in East Sussex, coach of the ladies' third and fourth 11s. Uh, also runs Monday Night Hockey and captain of the men's football league. Thanks so, for having me. Warm welcome, Alan. It's all right. Good to have you on. So, Alan, like what's happened in the past few weeks, the format is relatively straightforward, just like a game of hockey. There's going to be two halves. We'll talk to Alan in a second about his journey and where he came from to get to where he is today. Um, there'll be a short half-time break where I focus on something to do with wider well-being, which this week is going to be on different types of pillow and sleep, given perhaps it's one of the important things uh, that we're all experiencing hopefully more of uh, through lockdown. And then the second half will be based on hopefully coming out of lockdown relatively soon and on a general upward continual trajectory, the idea of getting back to play and the important thing to consider we're doing that um, and just as a wider idea so the idea of happy hockey is very much about helping people become healthier hockey players and happier people and building communities of play across the country to allow people to just turn up and enjoy themselves and get that physical mental and emotional well-being hit that they need every single week um, changing the world and bringing happiness to the world one hockey stick at a time so uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, Alan, without further ado, let's, let's, uh, let's start with you. So do you want to talk me through to sort of, I suppose, you, yeah, your um, journey? So where, where did it all start for you? Hockey for me started at secondary school. Um, so I went to state school. It wasn't mm-hmm. necessarily a sport we played a lot, um, but we had a teacher who was into hockey. And so we had the PE lessons. I enjoyed that. I was reasonably okay at it to start with um, and suggested that I sort of come and play with the team which we for the boys at our school was a struggle to get numbers um, so it was basically if you went wanted to be in the team you were in the team and it, w- it was probably more people wouldn't normally be involved in school sports that made up the team other than a couple of us. I mean, I, I generally played a lot of sport at school. I always enjoyed that a lot more than mm-hmm. what went on in the classroom. I was probably better out on the pitch than in a, sat in a classroom. Um, yep. And we, yeah, so we, we, our school was split. So we did the first two years at secondary school at one site and then moved to another. Um, um, oh, right. When we, when we moved up, the team kind of fell apart because we were always reliant on having our year and the year below us to make a team. So once that split, it made it difficult to carry on. Um, I, I stopped playing when that happened other than as part of PE lessons and kind of moved on played other sports, like basketball. Um, yeah. I was always sort of football as well and athletics and kind of whatever it was I enjoyed it especially team sports um 
and then when I left school, I, I kind of, because all my sport was at school, I left school and, and kind of pretty much mm-hmm. other than the old kickabout and, you know, shooting basketball with friends, it pretty much finished for 20 years until sort of mid-30s or so. And I kind of got to the point where I was rather overweight and unfit and kind of thought I need to, I think once you get to a certain age, you start to think I probably need to do more to look after my health. And, you know, both physically and mentally, it was something, you know, I thought that I need to, yeah, get back into sport after you know 20 years. Um, so the mm. first time I looked up on the, I think it was the Sussex Council or something website, you know, for local sports clubs. And mm-hmm. one of the ones that came yep. up, there was a few sports like basketball and that I looked up. Basketball was difficult. There weren't many about this. Hockey was one of the options. So I think the first time I looked up was sort of probably December or something. And looked at Lewis Hockey website and thought, oh, well, they're in the middle of the season. I don't really want to be jumping, you know, straight back in at that point. Um, yeah, that's a good then, point. I kind of didn't do anything about it for a while. And then about six months later, I thought, oh, let's, you know, it's now the summer. Let's have a look around and see what's on. One of the things I went back to was the hockey mm-hmm. clubs and. Lewis Hockey Club was running back to hockey, which obviously was run by yourself. Um, and I thought, yeah, I thought, thank you. Let's give it a go. So I think I think I emailed you, and I think you were coming to the end of the back to hockey for that summer. But you know, willing to give it a go, came along, enjoyed it. I found the first session very hard. The game was pretty much a different game from what I've played at school. Um, you know, just obviously the main difference yes. being the pitch, sort of having played on a rather uneven, normally very soggy grass pitch. That was, yeah. <laughs> yes. And going to an Astro pitch was, the ball was so much quicker. Um, and my fitness mm-hmm. just wasn't there. I mean, the the first session, probably about halfway through it, my legs were like concrete and the ball was just passing me by. And, but I, I loved every minute of it. And the, that night, getting up to bed was a bit of a struggle, getting up the stairs. The following morning, getting down was even harder. But <laughs> I liked it. I, I came back the following week and... I think that might have been the end of the back hockey, but you carried it on because it was quite a big group that year. I mean, there must have been about 30 of us at, at some point, I think. And yeah, I kept coming. I, I slowly got better. My fitness certainly was getting better to the point where I wasn't sort of kind of solid at the end of the session. Um, and then obviously that came into Monday Night Hockey that was sort of evolved from the back to hockey session I thought I'm enjoying this I want to sign up and play league hockey so I did that Um, I think I played every game that year 
for our men's fifth team, which was at that time the bottom team. Um, it was yeah, a very welcoming environment from sort of you with back to hockey and then the, the fifth team generally. Because, I mean, I was the weakest player in that team for that first season, probably a bit into the season after as well. Um, but, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I, st- I felt better as a person, sort of. My fitness just mm. over that first year or so was, you know, night and day. I lost a lot of weight, which and my health was very good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think so then that the end of the first season, I sort of did an umpiring course as well, which was sort of something that came from Monday Night Hockey as well with one of our senior umpires sort of coming along and helping out that you did. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, started helping you out of back to hockey the following year and carried on playing, umpiring. Um, yeah, and then sort of kind of just evolved from there. So we, I think we did two back to hockeys together sort of with me helping you and then sort of I'd taken it over since then and Monday Night Hockey as well. And I've sort of done a few coaching courses as well. So I'm now quite sure how you phrase it now because it's not the the old levels. So I've done the sessional course from England Hockey. Um, And then sort of uh, last season, I started coaching the ladies threes and fours at the club as well, Um, which... Mm -hmm. I can, I've, I've always had an interest in sort of in, in sports and how how teams come together, how you know sports evolve and and that. And it was kind of once I got back into hockey and playing and that, there was something else that I wanted to explore. And obviously, you helped me out with that as well, with inviting me along to the back to hockey to help, and even a little bit with the men's club training when you did that. Um, Obviously, playing as well the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that that's kind of my hockey journey. And um, obviously, we would still be in the league season at the moment if, if if there wasn't the pandemic going on. So it's been a bit of a hit and miss season this year. But you know, hopefully, we'll be back in the not too distant future. Uh, and I, I suppose just, just on that, so I, I immediate thought or question, um, not being um, directly involved with a, with a team um, or, or a club at the moment myself, where are, where does Sussex hockey stand? Have you had any communications about what to expect I, or is it still a matter of? I, yeah, I think at the moment we don't know. Um, mm-hmm. I was guessed from what we've had from England hockey and that that it's looking unlikely the season will restart in, in terms of the league season. Mm-hmm. I mean, because yeah. it's sort of time wise, I think they say up to the end of April is the latest they can go. 
Oh, is it? Okay. I think for, for England hockey, yeah. I'm, I'm, obviously, I'm not sure with local ones. I mean, I know some local hockey areas have already said it won't restart. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, obviously, I think people would like to get back to playing, but obviously there's a wider picture to look at that we've got to look after the whole community um, yeah. and yeah and obviously you know at some point we will be back we've got you know the whole summer as well that we can do hockey things at, at Lewis we are lucky in that regard that we have access to a pitch that we own yes and um, which obviously not all clubs are no yeah, so you can you'll be able to play hockey even if it's not necessarily officially with the league yeah. stamp against the yeah. clubs. And yeah. obviously Monday night hockey, which I know you talked about before on these podcasts, is something we run pretty much every week normally. Yes. Yes, indeed only bonfire nights and Christmas Day really tends to stop it at Lewis. Yeah, pretty it? much. I mean I, I, I sort of played from when I started back to hockey, which I think is coming up for five years this summer. I yes, it will be. So since then, I've played pretty much every week and normally multiple, t- multiple times a week from then until mm. March last year when obviously everything stopped and we went probably close to six months without playing. Yes. In the end, by the time the restrictions allowed you to go back to playing yeah. hockey sort of sufficiently with the numbers, yeah, I suppose it must yeah. be. Yeah, and I think Gosh. we also had the slight delay in that the pitch was being relayed, so we were a little later than the sun coming yeah. back. Yeah, that's true. Although in, in the end, it was a great idea, a great, great get pushed through at that time because it will be raring to go I will be raring to go once you get back oh yeah yeah um, yeah a couple of questions just on just going back a bit if, if I may um to your experience so firstly at school yeah so I hadn't realized that because you went to school in was it Seaford yeah. or New Haven yeah Seaford and there were two secondary schools or there are two secondary schools uh, in Seaford no, so it's one secondary school so Seaford Head. Uh, um so I think it's called community college now, but it was, you had like the newer building, which was the lower school where you did your first two years and then you moved oh, up see. to the upper school, which is more of the older buildings that have been expanded over the years for the rest of your secondary school. Okay. And the lower school had the better playing pitches or the more playing pitches that a lot of times you would go from the upper school to the lower school for playing sports right. facilities which again made playing hockey a bit more tricky because we used to you do it at lunchtime it was only mm-hmm. a very small pitch and it, I'm pretty sure it wasn't a full size pitch to play on Yeah, and there's no goals or no even proper markings I think at times so, uh, and that was, so, 
on a on two separate. So how close were the schools? Could they were they were presumably walkable? Oh, were they? Did they, they share some sort of along the same road? But it was uh, it would okay. take you probably five minutes or so to walk from one to the other. Yes, and of course the added time potentially of just having to get your stuff together and then walk the five minutes. It's you're probably talking more like ten to fifteen to sort of get yeah. ready in in the other place. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think sort of the hockey. If it hadn't been for the teacher that we had, probably wouldn't have there wouldn't have been a hockey team. Probably like a lot of state schools and that that reliant on teachers giving up their time after mm-hmm. school or at lunchtime to run sessions for to make teams or, or just to you know play as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, very much so. And rely, and, and additionally, the the teacher having the interest in that sport. Yeah. Yeah. So I think our teacher was a, a hockey player. Um, who, who were they? So it was. Oh. So I think she her maiden name when we first started was Mrs. Horn, and then became Mrs. Bobie. I think. Okay. Um, I believe that she passed away not long after I started yeah. back at Lewis playing hockey. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. But good, good, obviously good fond memories of her oh, and, yeah. Yeah. and the inspiration that she brought to you. Yeah. And was the team, was, how was the team made up? Was it, was it, it was, you mentioned it was mixed in terms of age groups, but gender, was it boy and, was it mixed boy and girl? We or? had, yeah, we had both. I mean, so there was a lot more girls played hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a girls team, and I think they actually had maybe not league hockey, but there was sort of cup tournaments and things that they played in quite a bit, whereas there wasn't the boys. Yep. So right. generally we either played a mixed team with the girls in our year, mm-hmm. or we played a boys team, which was our year and the year below, and we could just about make a team, you know, about six from each year. Um, okay. And we just play friendlies. And, and very, we didn't, I don't remember playing a lot of games against other schools because I, I think there weren't the schools about that played hockey, mm-hmm. certainly in the boys' side. And did would potentially location make it quite difficult where you are? Are there many schools, secondary schools around in, in New Haven or... Um, Eastbourne, it's quite a long way to go. Yeah, so I, th- I think most of the ones we played were over Eastbourne way. So, right. I know I played basketball against the school in New Haven and that, and so, but I, I don't think I don't maybe they didn't have facilities to play. I, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, cause I I'm trying to remember whether we had ever actually had hockey goals on our pitch I, I have a feeling it might have just been like wooden poles that went into like a weighted base that you put up for, yep. I'm, I'm not entirely sure on that obviously 30 years ago now <laughs> memories are a bit hazy mm. oh, it's just, and perhaps a, a couple of backboards or rebound boards for, for the goals just to sort of create the, the backboard height or at least have some form of target or 
not even that, just two poles. It might, yeah. I, to be honest, I'm not entirely sure. I, I have a feeling maybe we did have yeah. some sort of goals. Okay. But then for most of the sort of, say, training and playing as part of PE lessons, we just used poles. And mm-hmm. um, obviously at that time, the ball was meant to stay on the ground. It was yes. generally push passing, um, mainly because we couldn't hit the ball. <laughs> but I think also the fact that the pitch wasn't, you know, the grass was generally quite long mm-hmm. and say so it was uneven, it was, you know, quite often rather soggy underfoot. The yeah. Pushing was actually a better thing to do than trying to hit the ball. Okay. So it was always on grass. There was no, did you, were there any other surfaces? Um, the, with, with red grass no, or playground? Um, no. No, I no. So I did play once on Astro at the sort of sports center here, but I I think that was through a friend had a sort of a church sports group and they just hired it out once and played like so just everyone mm-hmm. turned up. But that was yeah the only time I ever did. That was probably the last time I actually played hockey as well before sort of joining back to hockey. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because of course Astros Astros came in in the beginning of the the 1980s, but they weren't fully sort of really started to be widely more widely used until later on towards the end of the 80s into the early 90s. No, and I mean, I should think most state schools that even now would not be have access to them possibly not a a hockey based astroturf Mm. no um the the 4g or the longer turf piled turf yes but not not necessarily one that you could that they'd allow you to play league hockey on now no 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 and so sorry i was just going to say obviously that is a bit of a problem that hockey might have, you know, I mean, because there's a club within the last few weeks that have found out they might be losing their Astro turf. I think it's Hawley Hockey Club. Yes, I think yeah. you're right. Yeah, And I mean, that that's a problem that other clubs have faced as well. And, you know, that giant of the game that football sort of tends to rule the roost. You know, in terms of facilities and that, and... yes, and there are a huge number of organisations, not just the FA, that were the Football Foundation, that have money and and access to money and facilities that they're able to offer pitches, either reduced cost, no cost, to help set up businesses around the cost. So yeah, it's it, it's understandable, isn't it, that those the pitches. Um, you would you would go with that potentially as a as a, as a what, community organizer, um, but yeah, not necessarily a good thing for for the game of hockey. Uh, just just on that, that actually, Alan, you mentioned um, football. Uh, what was it particularly about hockey that that got you back in? I suppose was is, is a question because you mentioned basketball, uh, and I know you're a big uh, NFL fan. Yeah. Um, did look? Did you look at those um, you know, about five five years ago? Or I, uh, basketball? I, 
I did, but I because I don't drive, sort of, it had to be something that I could get to sort of either with public transport or, you know, fairly close. And I, yeah. I think I think it sort of basketball was one that it wasn't particularly close and there wasn't a lot. It seemed to be more groups that were under 18s and obviously I was rather over that one. Mm-hmm. American football, as much as I love it, I mean, going into it, having not, well, I've never really played it properly contact sport-wise, doing that in mm-hmm. my late 30s, it's probably, yeah, that would have been a struggle. Plus, obviously, you know, it is quite a physical game and and injuries would be more of a concern in that. Yes, yeah, definitely. Nice to watch on the TV. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've, I've always watched it since, you know, when it became popular in the 80s when I was at school, Channel 4 sort of showing it and that and... Yeah, I, I've always been a fan since. I mean, we used to play it at lunch times at school. Mm-hmm. A small ball, sort of play touch football, sort of rather than full on tackling. And yeah, uh, and who's your team? So my team's the Chicago Bears. And how have they been getting on recently? Yeah, well, they, they snuck into the playoffs and were quickly dispatched once they got in it, but yeah, that's the way it goes. It's kind of yeah, the, the, the they didn't kind of threaten to be good at times in, in the time I've been following them. We never they got to one Super Bowl, and lost it. But, but I, I I enjoy watching it as a sport. Whoever's playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, during the season, I'll sit and watch the coverage, you know, three games in a row and quite enjoy it. Yeah. Wow, that, that, that's dedication. Is that, <laughs> you mean 12 hours sort of in a block, three games uh, in a row? Wow, yeah, probably about nine hours. But it's sort of the game's about three hours, roughly. Hmm. Dedication, though, Alan. Dedication. Fantastic. But if you enjoy something, the same like with hockey, I mean, I could quite easily go and play hockey now, sort of every night of the week if it was available. <laughs> if, you know, if you enjoy something, you, you kind of have that passion for it and you don't... It's not a chore to do it. It's not... You know, I'm not sat at home thinking, oh, I've got to go to coach hockey or I've got to go play hockey tonight. It's oh yeah, I'm going. Let's go. I'm ready. Yeah. Oh, that's great. And 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 in terms of you, you've alluded to your your coaching. Um, what's your? Did you did you get? You say you got a level one. You were a level one hockey umpire. Is that right? Yes. And um, you've done two of the England hockey coaching courses now. Yeah. So the sort of introduction, I think they call the first one, and then the sessional hockey coach one mm-hmm. um, the la sorry well let's say that that one was obviously a bit more involved um, so yeah that, that was a very helpful session to do mm. and obviously everything that I've learned from you over the years uh, Lewis thank you 
Yeah. So, and I think that probably, again, you alluded to the old levels. It's a, similar to, I think, the level two, rather than it being as an introduction, which is level one, which is, yeah. was when it was still the level one, was considered an assistant coach role. The, the sessional coach is aimed at people that, that want to lead sessions and will be responsible for the overall charge of, of the players yeah. uh, and the session. Okay. So in the space of five years, you've, you've played, as you say, barring um, COVID every week, often multiple weeks. You're a qualified umpire and you're a doubly qualified coach. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All the other bits and bobs that come along with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. So first aid, what, yeah. what, what things have you got there? So go on. Or, go on, what other bits? Yeah, I've got the, well, actually it just run out, but I can't redo it at the moment because we're not down to the mm-hmm. emergency uh, emergency first aid at work I think it was called um, obviously you have to do yeah. safeguarding courses as part mm-hmm. of the England hockey coaching courses yep. um, yeah, so I've obviously done other things online and that, um, around coaching and even did one on sort of being COVID secure as well last summer before we restarted. Okay. Yeah. Was that with UK coaching or England hockey or, or, or uh, who was that with? I can't remember who it was with now. It was, it was something to do with one of the big sporting sort of groups in this country that I, I can't remember mm-hmm. exactly who it was, but I did find that okay. useful in, Obviously, it was a different time. You were coming back to something which you had been doing, but it was going to be different. And there were obviously more regulations and safeguards around playing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And of course, the other thing now with hockey is the additional safety considerations that Inglock you've just released after that, the, the tragic. Uh, death of a, a young boy before uh, it, late in 2020 wasn't there yeah yeah that that's yeah i mean i i would say most of the stuff in there is what we already did but yes. obviously it's, it's always important to have a reminder that there is an element of danger involved mm. in any sport really but yeah certainly hockey would be one where there is a you know, a present danger of hurt from obviously the ball and the sticks. They're solid objects. They're moving pretty fast. There's always a, a chance. It might be slim most of the time, but it's obviously something we have to be aware of. And limit the risks. Yes, and perhaps unlike other sports like cricket or tennis, where there is a, an implement that you use, a piece of equipment, you're not we we run around in very close proximity to the other people that we're playing with or against. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And obviously the ball, sometimes you kind of like with football, but obviously there's more danger with a hockey ball that you don't necessarily always be able to see it come in. You know, if you're in a crowded, say a crowded D and there's a shot, you, you obviously you try to keep your eye on the ball, but it's not always possible with, people in the way no and it and it 
and it moves yeah. quite a bit quicker. Oh, yeah, certainly. Yeah. Okay, well, I mean, I'm perhaps we sort of we can, we can come back to, I think, perhaps the, 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 the back to playing. And I'm also mindful that I don't want to be starting to scare people off completely from, from playing oh, no, hockey. Um, there are lots of benefits. Yeah, in, in five years um, of playing and coaching, I could probably count the number of injuries from ball and stick in one hand. I mean, and that's you know, mm. playing every week of the year other than mm. lockdown and playing multiple yeah. times, you know, with a mixture of people. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. A few cuts and, and, and scrapes and bruises from perhaps more so the AstroTurf yeah. and the, the, the sandy surface, but um, yeah. And obviously, yeah, yeah. you know, playing mainly with older guys, you're not always going to have the old muscles go and that, but that's part of being older. Very much so. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, well, look, Alan, we've, we've been probably going now for for about half an hour. Um, it's really interesting to hear, that you, you know, your journey and actually, especially the, I think the split in the school I wasn't aware of in terms of the two sites and also your, the way that you got into the hockey. I didn't realise you'd actually started looking six months beforehand, but an interesting uh, point that you, you considered halfway through a season and then actually rejected it probably because of the the position or the situation of of the year so that that's 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 really really interesting um and actually one of the things we used to align the back to hockey with i think one of the england hockey's primary focuses of having it in the summer was to because it makes it more attractive it's the off season it's dry it's warm people are looking to get out and do things so it's it's, it's really good to hear sort of perhaps your alignment to that um we can we can start in a sec just having a chat about how we move forward uh, for the for the second half. But I, I, I just thought I would bring up something for the half time break for people to consider. Those of people that are, are listening, um, something that I've looked at this week at work is sleep. Um, the idea of sleep hygiene and going beyond just having a nice warm room, but everything that goes into that. Um, actually having a, a relaxed place that you enjoy that looks um, warm and, and homely in the way you would want to sleep, um, making sure that you're not drinking cough, caffeine late in the day or perhaps eating or exercising too late. It's something that, that suits you and generally having a lifestyle as well around that. Um, soft, clean sheets and, and, uh, and, uh, and duvet covers, etc. But But the, the main thing I, I picked up this week um, has been the different types of pillows and actually how the main thing you need to consider is um, how you sleep that for those people that sleep on their sides, the, the, the general guidance is it should be a more of a firm pillow. If your tendency is to sleep on your back, you're looking at a slightly more medium to soft uh, pillow. And then for people that sleep on their front, that's, that's the softest of the, the, what seems to be the three main grades. So I thought just as a slight interlude in a half-term break, I'd, I'd raise that as something that's given lockdown and, and, and winter. We're still slightly starting to come out of, but a lot of people will be looking at, at perhaps getting more and better sleep. Um, so I thought I'd raise that. It's sort of, so the sleep on your side, more of a firm pillow, sleep on your back, slightly softer, a medium range, and then those people that tend to sleep on their front, the softest possible. And I will... So just an interesting point uh, within the wider 
idea of sleep hygiene. Um, but Alan, coming back to you and you know, looking forward, um, you've alluded to, we mentioned the Sussex, not sure where we are with it, and understandably, um, both from their point of view, your point of view as well, it's, it's perhaps initially on what will be the government and England hockey. What, what, where are you with, with, with that and getting back to playing both as, or involved in playing both as a, a player, an umpire and a coach and a captain? Um, well, so at the moment, with certainly the league side, I mean, it's kind of in limbo, but I mean, the way I look at it is that we won't be playing league hockey again, whether there might be a chance to play some friendlies instead of that, maybe in April. It's hard to tell. Um, obviously, at the club, we shall be running Monday night hockey when we can restart that mm -hmm. um, and sort of I am planning for the back to hockey to run this summer so hopefully if the lockdown's lifted by then it'll be starting on I think I've said May the 11th so it'll be a Tuesday night at the club mm -hmm. and then that'll run for most of the summer and sort of lead into next season Mm -hmm. and hopefully we'll be able to do other stuff for members and that at the club I mean because you know, we have as I said earlier access to a pitch that's a a nice new one as well that we laid last summer and yeah that I, hopefully there'll be the appetite for playing over the summer that maybe Sometimes there isn't from a lot of the club that is they play during the season and then will disappear for six months, which is you know obviously fine. I mean, we all play hockey for different reasons. Like, I should think you could ask most teams, and there'll be seven, eight, nine different reasons why they play. And mm. um, yeah, so say at the moment. Obviously, not expecting anything hockey-wise till I think probably the earliest would be end of March. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, certainly there will be a lot of hockey played at the club over the summer, if if allowed. Yes. So let 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 the government decide when we can come out. Then England hockey through the directive, and then. The clubs be almost when the players chomping at the bit to get the risk assessment done and and open the doors. Yeah, well, uh, hopefully this time, as we have everything in place from before, and obviously everyone had signed up for the all the sort of COVID regulations and that, that it will be easier to restart this time than back in September or August, whenever it was last time, because we have those protocols in place to allow us to run sessions as safe as possible. Yes. Yeah, no, that's, that's true. Very much so. Um, and in terms of, I suppose, a, a wider look at actually getting back to playing as someone that's, you know, started from scratch five years ago and therefore has some really good, um, experience of this, not necessarily for hockey, but 
But what are your what are you thinking about for you and and for your players as a coach and, and your 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 teammates as a captain? What what things are you? I mean, where, where do you see the next sort of six to twelve months going for that? Um. Well, obviously, so looking more sort of for next season. Um. I mean, the main thing would be that it's enjoyable. The sessions, whichever one they're attending, or whether they were playing together on a Saturday, mm-hmm. it's fun. It's enjoyable. You know, we're all involved how we want to be. Um, yeah, it's that's sort of the main thing. It's an opportunity to play a sport that hopefully we all love. Absolutely, uh, and. And I, but I think I was, I was I was also thinking more along the lines of um, w- if you as a coach and a captain approaching these sessions, once you consider the protocols, what, what are the other things that you're that you're what, yeah? How does what's your process of approaching those? Um, you, you've alluded to the hockey practices, the safety practices that I mentioned because of the, what happened last year. But actually, yes, the, those are generally good practices that. That you and I had, had, had we'd been working on um, anyway. So, but, but what's what sort of things go through your mind when you're planning a session or, or organising a game for a Saturday, a team for a Saturday? And um, so, with a coaching session, it was normally I will start with sort of maybe an, an idea of which part of the game we want to work on so quite often that will come from the players somebody will suggest something in a previous week or or on the back of the game on a Saturday and um, and it sort of will come from there and, and it will be sort of based on playing the game rather than maybe drills which I mean they kind of have their uses, but I always think it's better off if you're playing it more like the game, which is obviously what comes from yourself and England hockey. That if it's more like the game, you're more learning what how it relates to a game mm-hmm. rather than, say, just dribbling around some cones and then whacking the ball at a goal, which you know can be fun in the short term, but you can kind of go along to the club and do that on your own. Yes, very true, especially for a club like Lewis with its own pitch. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, if, if you've been adding in other players involved in it, and it's yeah, you're, you're then having to make decisions based on what, say, a defender does if you're trying to score a goal, whereas if, if you're doing it with cones or markers or that, they're not going to do anything. <laughs> no, no. And in fact, they are uh, difficult sometimes um, to play against or, or with because they just, you're not used to them not moving. Yeah. And also, as a coach, if you're laying down a lot of cones on the pitch, that's taking up quite a bit of your time. Very much so. Very much so. No. Yeah. Plus, on those windy winter days, they don't always stay where they should. 
No, they don't. No. No. Okay, so you've got the basic idea, like you said, and you've got your preference for the games and based on some of the players have, have got. How, how, does that, how does that evolve for you through the session or how do you run it sort of on the day? Um, so we normally, so we always start with a warm-up of some sort. Obviously, that's been slightly different this season with, Quite often we would do things, say, with a tennis ball where you, you may be playing like a sort of hockey version of netball, which obviously with not being able to handle equipment that isn't your own, we mm. had to sort of kind of leave that out. So we've you know, done slightly different things with a hockey ball and sticks and in small groups just to get warmed up. Um, and then it will sort of normally start with small groups doing whatever it is that we're, we're working on for that night um, then depending on how long that takes we'll either go into a full pitch game with sort of emphasis on what we've been working on um, and maybe adding some team based things into that um, so we, we've been lucky this season that we've had the whole pitch to ourselves for our group for the last half an hour of an hour session. Mm-hmm. So, and the numbers have been very good. So we've been able to play a full pitch game for part of every session. And the, the, the players have loved that. And I think if, if it was something I tried to do something else, they probably wouldn't be too happy about doing that. <laughs> yes. When, when Andy came on a couple of weeks ago, his, his idea of, or, or the idea of one of his core beliefs of, of how we're there often as an interference and actually we should be questioning as coaches how much intervention and interference we do uh, is perfectly exa- exemplified by what you've just said. Yeah, I mean, so for our ladies' threes and fours, they have an hour session, which we've slightly extended this year with having the pitch to ourselves at the end of the session. At most, it's an hour, 20 minutes, which obviously includes the warm-up and all the other bits of getting ready at the start of the session. Mm-hmm. If I'm stood there chatting away for a quarter of an hour, 20 minutes of it, that's taken away a lot of their 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 time. And, you know, I, I would sort of it would be feeding my ego rather than doing what's best for them if I'm just stood there waffling away. Yeah. Yeah. So there's some real appreciation of, of not just what you're coaching, but who you're coaching and how to make best use of the resources you have available to you. Yeah. I mean, I think like you said, we've, Andy said that, yeah, we, we don't want to be in the way. I mean, most or quite a few of the hockey players that I coach have played an awful lot more hockey than I have. And I, I learn from them probably quite a lot. And, and the same with my own playing and that. I've, I've, and playing against other teams, you, you pick up a lot. Maybe in unexpected areas sometimes and you think, oh, I hadn't thought of that. 
what what have been your sort of breakthrough moments do you think recently or yeah well, breakthrough moments since in the last five years or so well so one of the ones so it was probably not long after we started monday night and i probably because of my lack of skills with the passing and trapping that when i would pass the ball to a teammate i would try to do it so it kind of the ball would just get to them mm-hmm so that it wouldn't be going very fast when they got it. I think, well, that's easy. They can trap it. But actually, that makes it harder for your teammate. If, if they're having to sort of either move to get the ball because it's very slowly getting to them or it's taking a while to get to them, they will say, well, it was one of them that said, don't do that, just fire it at me. If I miss it, it's my fault. And And... For me, you know, I thought, well, actually, that makes sense. And if I'm doing it slowly to them, it allows defenders to close them down before they get the ball. Whereas if I'm, you know, a good solid pass, however I do it, mm-hmm. they can, you know, most hockey players that have played for a while will be able to trap a ball mm-hmm. most of the time. Yeah. Okay. I. Something that sort of maybe you know comes from playing other sports and that as well. In the past, it, yeah, you, you didn't necessarily say in football try to fire a pass at someone that hard like you would in hockey because obviously the ball being sort of bigger and softer, it it's more likely to bounce off the player trying to receive it. Whereas obviously in hockey, it it doesn't tend to do that so much. Oh, it's interesting, yeah. So the the change in the equipment, almost, although the process is similar, you're trying to get the ball from teammate A to teammate B, is actually a different consideration. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, and what about? Because I know we sort of we've been talking about getting into the game and, and getting back to the game. What about for you in terms of the recruiting and and the welcoming people and, and getting them involved what what were the things that got you hooked on on playing hockey at lewis you've you've mentioned the, the the transport links were one but what was it in particular about the game or, or the people or the, or the location that, that got you that you you found or you found it and you sort of keep finding with the people that you keep now recruiting Obviously, to start with, it was obviously you were running the back to hockey session, so that was you know a perfect session for me at that time, and the other people that were in that group, a lot of who were still involved in the club, um, so obviously it was a, a welcoming environment to start with. That it was, you know, obviously you were friendly, and the other people in the group were very friendly, and yeah, it it wasn't. I didn't need to worry about maybe not being good enough or not, not being fit enough. Um, and then going on from that to when I started playing, the, the captain of the men's fives was great that, you know, he would pick me to play, which was a good thing to start. And if, if, if I mucked up, which I did a lot to start with, it didn't matter. At least, you know, publicly there's, also, there might have been, oh, he's missed another shot or he's <laughs> missed my pass. And, but, yeah, it, it was very welcoming. And even 
when I started doing the men's training with you on a Thursday night. So I was training mainly with our second and third team. So I see they were a lot better, mostly younger, fitter than me. It was still, you know, I wasn't made to feel like I was sort of a not wanted there or that. You know, I felt involved in it. And, and it was helpful for me in, in playing with better players to get better myself. And it's kind of when running back to hockey or having new people come along to Monday nights, you know, whatever their playing experience is, is try to be a welcoming experience for them and, and for them to play the game how they want. I mean, because we, we have, you know, people that come along to Monday night sometimes that maybe we've had players that have not played at all before and have come in and hopefully they found it a, a welcoming exp- experience for themselves and that the people there are friendly. Yeah. And so... In, and in terms of your, your coaching, because um, for those listeners that perhaps are not quite aware, the difference between Monday night hockey and your ladies training that you do, that Monday is much more, well, in fact, let, rather than me go into it, you, you, what's what, the, the difference between the two sessions and perhaps how you, the difference in how you approach the two? Well, so Monday night hockey is basically just a turn up and play session um, for anyone, really, whether you're mm-hmm. a member of the club or not, or if you've played before, if you're playing our first teams down to our fifth, sixth teams, and and the older, sort of younger juniors can play as well. Um, yeah, so we, we've split into teams. Reduced rules, make it a safer. And, um, so it's normally sort of six, seven aside, half pitch, round robin tournament, um, which obviously you started and made it toward it. So I, I've carried it on since whatever it was that I took over. Whereas the ladies' training is a training session, so we we will work on specific things, sort of individual and team-based principles. Um, And obviously when we do to hockey, that's more for people that haven't played before or haven't played in a while to get back. And And again, it's more maybe with more of the basics introduce the rule sort of elements of hockey that are maybe not familiar to people that don't have any involvement in it what would your what would your key takeaways be from the last five years as you as a player and as a, a coach umpire and as a as a captain of getting into a new sport so i think if you want to Try a new sport, or, or if you 
want to get back into playing something, then just go for it. I would say, I mean, whatever you can do it is might take you a bit of time to get back into the swing of things and your fitness and that. But I should think most sports clubs will have facilities to help you out in that regards. I mean, obviously we do back to hockey. Other sports probably have similar uh, schemes that they run. And yeah, it generally will be a fun experience. If it's something you want to do, just go for it. I mean, I, I kind of wish that I'd got back to hockey a lot earlier than I did. Maybe I'd on playing when I left school. Now, uh, yeah, you can't go back. I'm enjoying it now. Maybe if I carried on, I'd have done. But, but just a very big thank you for for coming on. Um, it's great to meet you from playing at secondary school and being inspired by uh, your PE teacher, uh, female teacher at that as well. Um, which is great for for a sport like hockey, where we have it's great to you know, cross played by both men and, and women um, equally, unlike some uh, other sports. Uh, your journey back into hockey and how and why you got back into it and what made it so enjoyable, and just also how much you've got involved, not just playing every week, barring COVID multiple times a week, but becoming a qualified umpire, coach, uh, two level coaches and all the other bits and pieces, and also, also taking on the role as a captain. So a fantastic story there for you and, and for, for hockey and for, for Lewis Hockey Club. Um, I, as you say, you, 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 the stuff will be starting at some point once the COVID restrictions uh, lift. So anyone listening, please watch out for you uh, for that on, on Lewis Hockey Club. Um, and through Facebook and on the website. I think it's lewishc.com. Um, I don't know if you can still hear me. Have you? What's the best way to get in contact with you? Is there social media handles or something like that? And I'm sorry for, if you can hear me, but I, I'm afraid I've completely lost you. I'm I'm aware that you're down. I think it's Bearboy54 on, on Twitter. I'm still here, oh. but I kind of... Very little of what I'm unfortunately. Um, that that's okay. Uh, I, I, I've sort of gone over um, your how to contact you and, and the hockey club about you in new sessions um, once once the restrictions start. And the, as you mentioned, the back to hockey will start on Tuesday, the eleventh of May, twenty twenty one. So thank you very much indeed for coming on. Uh, just as a final point for me, uh, Peter Thomas, just, just signing off. So we had Alan Forster on. Um, hockey player and coach at Lewis Hockey Club. Um, the, we talked about Alan's journey through from secondary school to stopping playing for a while and then get back in, getting back into hockey. And one of the things that he, uh, he enjoyed or, or noticed was, was getting back in the summer, which is when England Hockey's Backed Hockey Initiative runs, which will be presumably the case, hopefully, this summer once the restrictions allow. There are multiple ways to get involved in the game of hockey as an umpire, as a coach, as well as being a player and a captain if you want to and, and a lot of the local towns and cities across the country have hockey clubs uh, great sport for men women kids people all uh, backgrounds and situations um, 
so please feel free to, to get involved and join get in touch with your local hockey club uh, and the final thing for me just on, on the half time um, this week was the idea of sleep and the different types of pillows and depending on the preference for how you sleep it, it's uh, the firmer the pillow a firm pillow for sleeping on your side a slightly softer one for sleeping on your back and an even more soft one for sleeping on your front um, as I say, my name has been Peter Thomas. I've thoroughly enjoyed having Alan on. So, Alan, if you can hear me, which I'm not really sure you can, but thank you very much indeed for coming on. And uh, we'll leave it there for this evening. Have a good week, all, and we'll speak to you next week.